Welcome to the Jannie and Angie Show with January Donovan and Angela Schneiders. We have a dream to rebuild our church and restore the tender love of Christ to every human heart. We believe in women's irreplaceable role in rebuilding our church, our culture, and our domestic church. As St. Catherine of Siena reminds us, be who God meant you to be, and you will set the world on fire. It is time to rise and reclaim souls for Christ. We must deepen our formation as women and prepare ourselves to lead the new evangelization. Our vision in the Women's School is to build our church one woman's formation at a time, and only then will we set the world on fire for Christ. Good morning, ladies, and welcome to the Jannie and Angie Show, Rebuild Our Church. We are so excited and blessed to have back with us our very dear friend and special guest, Maria Spears. We are continuing our series on thriving in dating. And um, Maria is one of the women that we admire most. She is a fellow certified strategist with the Woman's School. She's a personal trainer, a doula, and just a true Renaissance woman and a light in our world. And one of the questions that we've been examining together and just want to bring to our listeners today is how critical it is to manage our minds in and our thoughts in the context of the adventure that is dating right now in 2020. And so, um, Maria, welcome back. It's so good as always to be with you and just to continue this ongoing conversation so that as we're walking with you, as Jeannie walked with me in in my dating years, we can be um, just unpacking this and how critical it is um, as we're navigating the dating world to manage our thoughts, to manage our minds, and to really be building those compounding skills that will enable us to thrive. Um, as we're dating and um, living in hopeful expectation as God's preparing our future spouse. So Maria, welcome back. We're so happy to have you with us today. The Bye. conversation gets juicier, Maria. I, I'm going <laughs> to ask a bunch of questions. Yeah, I'm going to lay out a little bit of a foundation here because I think it's important for us to create a framework. And really what we in the woman's school talk about the integrated woman and one other part of our you know wholeness wheel is our health. And the way we qualify health is that our mental affects our emotion. What we think about actually produces an emotion. Our emotion, emotional health, actually produces a chemical reaction that changes our body, our biochemistry. Everything psychological is biological. Then paves a path for us for spiritual receptivity, the graces of the moment that God wants to actually really how our thoughts, our emotion, and our body is so integrated to our spiritual journey. So I just want to create that framework because a lot of times when we think about I think the context of, oh, I'm just so emotional and we don't source it back to the fact that, okay, our emotions actually come from the thoughts that we ruminate, right? And, and, and then changes our body language physically, right? By thought alone, if I am ruminating, you know, um, just frustration about dating and I'm like, oh, this is so exhausting. Then my body starts to kind of maybe um, feel anxious. And then I show up and my whole body is kind of tense. It's awkward. So we want to lay out the connection here, which then we miss the spiritual graces of the moment to contribute and to receive what God is trying to actually talk to us and wants how to use us in those dating moments. And I just want to lay out this framework because it's an important narrative because oftentimes we have not been, uh, I would say, 
um, properly formed in the distinctions and we don't always unite the fact that our emotions are hyper-connected to our body language and our thoughts. Therefore, we must see the whole woman walking into the date. So it, with that framework in mind, that our thoughts matter on how we show up on a date in a very integrated way, can I ask you your observation yeah. of the women that you think, you know, you are, you've coached women for so many years and you are light to, to so many single women right now and just the grace in which you're both, you know, you're able to both suffer and live and joy at the same time that we talked about in the po- other podcasts at maturity of heart. What is your observation right now in the culture, in the Catholic space, perhaps yeah. or even, you know, as Christian space of women's mindset when it comes to dating? I think there's a massive narrative that it's exhausting, that there's no good men, that, uh, you know, good men don't exist, um, that, you know, that, so you've just got to kind of take what you can get to a certain extent, um, or, or just be okay with it, you know, rather than I really want this. Um, I'd say those are a couple of the big ones, you know, it's, I mean, there's so many different narratives, but the majority of them honestly are really negative, mm-hmm. are very negative. And, and then, you know, because of that process and that framework that you just laid out, we wonder why the experiences of dating and the experiences of men are typically pretty negative. It was actually interesting in my, uh, I have a group of women that I'm coaching right now. And, and we were talking about how does a woman of negativity show up and how does that impact those around her versus, versus women who are, who have just a positivity about them and a joy. And what was interesting was, you know, I had them do this exercise where they wrote down, what are those, what are those attributes that you notice about the negative one? They wrote them down. What's the attributes of the, of the positive one and how does that impact? Right. And so they were talking about the differences between those. And what was so interesting, the woman, the women who are positive, like that, that they were thinking of, the common denominator, so one of the things they were saying was, you know, well, she, she's very present. Like when, you know, like when she talks to me, she's like, I feel like she's seeing me. Um, you know, she's living life with just this like arms wide open joy. Um, she's taking risks. She's, and what was, I was, you know, I, I stepped back for a second. I was like, ladies, what do you notice about the common thread with that? She's in an open posture. She's fiat. She's an image of our lady. Mm. And, and, and it, she's looking for the good. And so she's seeing the good and she's finding the good. And I really believe that is a, makes a massive difference when we go into dates. I know for myself, it does. I mean, you know, when I go into a date, if I expect going into it to see a lot of, like, let me catch all the mistakes. And I don't mean that we should, you know, I think it's important to be aware of red flags. Absolutely. But if your, your thought is, well, there's no good men, you know, I, if that's my thought, I'm going to show up different. And not only that, but I'm going to attract the wrong kind of men. You can walk in a room and have a sense like, oh, wow, someone, someone is kind of shining bright in here. And you gravitate towards that, right? Versus someone can walk in and you know that they're in a bad mood and you don't want to be anywhere near them. <laughs> so, so we've all had that experience. It's not a hokey thing, but we know that the, those thoughts will massively impact every part of the dating experience. And we know too that our body language and our tone of voice are almost 90% of our communication. Our words are really only 80%. So people can literally read and feel 
our thoughts. Yeah. And that's a new, I think, scientific concept that people don't understand um, right now, just because we're, you know, in the past 25 years, there's a lot of neuroscience that has really come out. And I always think for Catholics, it's like pheromones, yeah. right? Because Catholics can understand that language at NFP. It's like you emit this pheromones and all of a sudden you're more attracted to your spouse, but it's not like you can touch the pheromones, right? But it's the same thing with our thoughts. We emit that, I, you know, that energy. Every time I say the word energy, people are like, whoa, no, we're actually got, you know, we're actually made like, you know, if you, if you study, you know, um, just our body from, you know, from a very scientific plain sense, it's just energy. And it, it doesn't mean that it's a new age. It's just what it is. <laughs> and um, although I think that a lot of the new age women are using it, I think, and actually studying it to elaborate on it, which I think is a good thing as Catholics, we should, because maybe that's the reason why we're not, you know, creating invitation Mm-hmm. Or we're not even evangelizing in, a, in, a, in the most maximum capacity because maybe we want to change other people and lead them to Christ, but our body language is negative and repelling, right? So it's the same thing, I think. And uh, what stood out to me is that word fiat. And so what when I ask women or men, you know, what's the most attractive thing or wherever you, you study what's the most attractive in a woman, it's confidence, right? But really, if you really think about what it is that makes them attractive, it's the freedom, yeah. Because a woman that's confident is free. She has this freedom of, I am myself. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I think people are attracted yeah. to that freedom of who she is. And I think that's what makes women attractive. And so in order to achieve that, that level of, you know, the mindset we have of detachment, the outcome and hopeful dream creates that freedom, that trust. But it's not this shallow freedom or shallow confidence that we kind of talk about. In a woman's school, we really talk about confidence that comes from competence, Yes. right? So I think, Maria, what you outlined is exhausting. No good men. Yeah. Take what you get. Negative. Mm-hmm. And can you imagine having that mindset and trying to find a great, beautiful relationship? A negative mind doesn't create a beautiful <laughs> life. Nope. And not only that, we miss out the opportunity to contribute to these men and you know, in some ways, and subconsciously, it's a selfish way to live. Mm-hmm. Because our, our, our role as women is, is to be able to nurture the lives around us. It's the capacity for generosity that a lady has. But if we're hijacked because of our lack of formation, we don't understand, how can we give more of ourselves? Yes. I think also, it, it's, it's honestly, when we go into these dates, so concentrated on on the end result, We're, it's actually a form of use. It is. You know, it, it's really. It would be. It is. It, to me, it's just selfish. Yeah, it's very selfish. Like I'm coming here saying, can you can you um, can you be the end on the of a need versus I'm coming here. I'm encountering a, the gift of another human being. How can I love this person in this moment? How can I contribute in this moment? How can I elevate, inspire? And, and, and it's a completely different mentality when I come in here and basically, you know, if you're not someone that I can see myself marrying, peace out, you know, in this, it, it, just a negative way that is not honoring their dignity. You know, it doesn't mean you have to stay on a date that is disrespectful or, you know, I'm not condoning any of that, but just a recognition that for us women, we need to have a standard for ourselves mm-hmm. that we re- we're going into this. Maybe they're our spouse, maybe they're not. But that's that. If we're focusing on that, we're actually missing the encounter of a beautiful gift of a person in front of us right now. 
That's exactly right, Maria. And again, it all comes back to our, our freedom, which yeah. enables our disposition of receptivity. Mm-hmm. And by that, I mean literally coming in so free that I am prepared to receive the gift of this, this person before me. That again, if I could see behind the veil, I would be tempted to bow down and worship. I mean, that's what St. Francis said. You know, if we could actually see, uh, I think that's also in The Weight of Glory by C.S. Lewis. Um, if, if we could actually see the beauty and the divinity of this person before us who's created in the image and likeness of God, we'd be tempted to bow down and worship. And so I think coming in with that level of respect and an openness to receive the person before us, that disposition of heart truly is going to put me in a position of joy and, uh, and give me the capacity not to be examining, but to receive. Mm -hmm. And then I might, I might see the gift. Again, we always come back to that. What can I learn from this person before me? But then I also might see the hidden burden that they're carrying, which is going to give me a capacity for empathy. Yeah. And to contribute. And so I think we need to shift the way we are looking at dating, especially in the Catholic space, because I think it becomes a fishbowl or a resume of, is this the right person? It's like an interview yeah. as opposed to a capacity for generosity. And I think that, that, that it's, a, it's, you know, our, our need for belonging is not ordered in a way that belonging doesn't, should not come from a space of scarcity. Right, because that's we don't feel like we're whole, so we're just trying to grasp that sense of belonging, as opposed to you know. So every person is like a an interview. Could this be the right person? Could this be the one? Because we're so desperate for that belonging, which we talked about in the other you know podcast is, uh, you know, God designed it that way. But if it's disordered, it becomes the goal, right? And no longer generosity. Yes right? And our capacity for suffering in context of it. So I just really think that as a single woman right now, it is such a time of preparation of our mindset, our skill set, to really prepare yourself to make a decision and who to be with and how to be with them. Because I think that's the crisis is that we're constantly looking for the other person. We're forgetting what the gift that we're supposed to be for the other person. And so it's easy to numb ourselves for who we are, who we're not, and get focused on the external rather than become the gift yes, itself, yes. right? And so, you know, I think the formation here is that a time for singleness is a time of maturity, mm-hmm. deeper maturity, mm-hmm. that we are able to actually suffer in the waiting, but mm-hmm. also to have the skill to manage our mind. Yeah. You know, if you're negative, dating, married or motherhood it's going to be rough miserable (laughs) you know and because listen you know two years into dating and if you have a negative mindset and our goal is to be a constant walking inspiration what i mean by that is it inspire in ncp ray means to breathe life Mm -hmm. to our spouse how can we do that with a negative mindset and i will tell you ladies if you're single and you're not doing this artfully, learn it now because the work begins when you're married, when the dust settles and boy, do you have to go full out on becoming a woman full, that well, that reservoir. I love that. We are to form ourselves as a reservoir mm-hmm. of hope, of joy, of growth that our spouse will say, I have hit jackpot. 
mm-hmm. with this woman. And she feels every thirst in my soul because she is just oozing of that well. And that can only come really from our Lord. The crisis is that our lack of formation puts a cap on our spiritual receptivity. So how can we grow into that receiving all the graces that God wants to give us if we don't have order or discipline or our mind is focused on the negative or we're doubtful or we're critical? All these 50 skills and more that we teach in the woman's school that are just human formation, they're just virtue broken down in a simplified form. That's what it is, right? And so it's that time for deformation. And then you will now have the capacity to even know if he's even the right person or not. Mm-hmm. How can you make a decision if our emotional capacity is only at eight years old? Mm-hmm. The emotional maturity that's necessary. I can expect my eight-year-old to find the right decision for the right spouse. And yet we have adult women and men who are making a decision with an immature capacity. Mm-hmm. And then we wonder where marriage are breaking down. Mm-hmm. This is a crisis. Mm-hmm. And I love what you said, you know, because I think in the Catholic world of singles it's, it, and, and married too, I, I, I see, I meet so many women who there's this thought process that, well, as long as I just pray all the right and no venus, as long as I get my spiritual life, then everything else goes okay, including my dating life and including me getting married and all this. When the reality is that we can do all the praying we want, because one of the reasons I think a lot of single women are very bitter it's because like, well, I've done the novenas. I prayed the stuff, but I still haven't met him and da, 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 da. Well, if we're also not forming ourselves, I mean, I always have, uh, I have a women's ministry as, as well. Me, and one of the things I talk with them about is, you know, if we only work on the spiritual side of stuff and we forget that we have a mind and a body and emotions, all that, and we neglect that, you are going to get stuck. In the same way, if you only concentrate on just your physical and you neglect your mind and your, you know, and your spiritual, you're also going to get stuck. We are, we live, love, and serve out of our bodies. We fulfill our mission and vocation out of our bodies. We're not in heaven yet where, you know, just our souls are there, but at the end, you know, ultimately we are reunited with our body, that perfect integration. And so if we don't learn to start working on that integration now, we are going to get stuck and we're not going to show up in our vocation or in our mission, honestly, the way that we are called to, we can't become saints if we are not integrating because that's really what that is, that wholeness, that maturity, that wholeness. Yeah. And it's like going to the gym with a box full of donut and praying yeah. in a and yeah. hoping to get thin. I mean, think about, I mean, like, that's a funny, like, that's visual. Spot on, Jenny. That's just, but it's like, Lord, that's I'm in the gym with all the weights around me and doing my novena and eating my donut. Please, Lord, let me be fit. I mean, it sounds silly, but really that is kind of what we do, you know, Joan of Arc. I love him. One of my favorite saints, act and God will act. Mm -hmm. Yes. You know, work and God will work. It's as though, you know, God designed us to actually work. I just love Maria Montessori's work because it's like, I can pray all day for that great spouse, but with a negative mindset, I can have a great spouse with also a negative mindset and not fulfill God's dream for me to have a life-giving relationship. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? And, and that's what's so powerful too. And, and this is what's so baffling is the father, the creator of the entire universe who doesn't need us, desi- desires to co-create with us. And I always want to create that distinction that co does not e- mean equal, but it means with. So somehow, some way, the God of the universe wants to co-create and collaborate with me. 
and with each one of us. And so there's, he, he honors and respects our will. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. So tenderly. That is baffling. Yeah. And, and as a mother, like, you know, my child wants to make eggs and you know, my, my little bow right now, he's like, in a, I have eggs here delivered because he just learned how to master this egg thing is eight. <laughs> and he, you know, um, I could make the egg. And when he's making the egg, it's a lot easier for me to make the egg. It's less cleanup. It's quicker. But I want him to create the egg with me, not because I'm going to have a better egg, but because actually he's growing to be an egg master. Right? We co-create, not because God needs us, but because God loves us so much and it actually forms us. You know, the co-redemptrix. And, and I think I get a lot of backlash from the fact that, nope, you're not the co-creator. You know, you, and I'm like, so God just usurps our will? God is not a dictator. Mm-mm. My way or the highway? No, it's that tenderness of the Father that patiently waits for us mm-hmm. to learn to cook the egg, even though his egg is like half cooked. Mm-hmm. I'm like eating this egg as little Bo's learning to make the egg. I'm like, this egg is a little salty. <laughs> Do I love him less? Mm. He's on the journey to becoming a master. Yeah, but just like, I think the family is God's genius design Mm. of how the Trinitarian love works. And so much of the things that I realize as, as now as a mother that I didn't is that love of God in our imperfection. Exactly. You know, and so... You know, I think we, we're going to try to keep it down here for all these minutes. But really, Maria, I honor you because you are in right now the journey, fighting the battle with such a positive mindset, with negative experiences. But you lean upon women to actually as a well of hope. And I can't wait to even, you know, celebrate with you. That man that God has in store for you, he must be one a hunk of a man. Heck of a guy. Woo! I cannot wait. Yeah. <laughs> and, that, and that's what's so powerful, Maria, mm-hmm. is, you know, we're going to be able to look back on this conversation and mm-hmm. you're going to be able to look back on the past 20 years yeah. and you're going to be able to connect all of the mm-hmm. dots and see how this Lord, you're preparing me for this by this experience. And this was a preparation mm-hmm. for this experience and that our Lord wastes nothing. You're literally going to be able to see the fullness of this season in right now there's still a veil yeah but in the very near future that veil is going to be lifted and that's again where that hope comes from that hopeful expectation that the father is faithful to his promises Mm. and the the longer we have to wait for our desires to be fulfilled the greater the victory the the victory and the greater the answer will be so oh boy (laughs) watch out world i will say maria the the gift that you're giving a lot of single women right now is is irreplaceable it is because you are modeling for them that hopeful expectation amidst the suffering of what it is to want to belong and wait for that gift i pray that all the single women here could really lean into your well Mm. right now of how you are modeling mm-hmm. that hopeful expectation and trust in God and laughing while texting me, what should I do with this guy? <laughs> how do what's, I my, what's my script for this? What's my script? That's, what, that's literally what Maria said. What's my script with this? And I was like, 
I think I have a script book for this. This is beyond my like. No, it was. It was. It's just so I honor you, really, Maria, and I honor you, Angela, because I think in some ways we were all there, and you know, and I think that's the beauty of depth of friendship. This is why our friendship needs to go into layers of depth because it's no longer us just kind of chit chat and yeah, we chit chat. We have a ton of fun, but it's like, no, how do we usher ourselves towards our sanctity, right? Right. That five minute conversation with you or half an hour podcast felt feels like an ocean of of, yeah. of nourishment. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. whereas maybe two hours in a party that I'm not having meaningful conversation, we can do it and you know. So I honor you because Angela, we I saw you there. And I remember Angela claimed it. Mm-hmm. Claimed it. She knew yes. our Lord was really preparing her and she and in some ways you know when it's time because you're so detached. Right. Mm-hmm. Um but you're not really thinking about it. That's the irony behind it. Right. You're just so free. You can't get this men around you. Like, what am I going to do all this men, Jenny? That's, <laughs> that's you, true. You it happens. Their, your, it you, happens. You know. You know? Yeah, but that's, I just think, go back to the Fed, the, you know, the five guys who thank you mm-hmm. because you held them accountable and you didn't settle and, mm-hmm. and, you know, and that's, and that's the gift we can offer along the way. Those are the seeds that are planted that God willing, that was a step along their journey for their future spouse or for their vocation. And we don't have to settle or compromise, but we can be that, that light, you know, just as they were a step on our journey and not, not of mutual use, but a step of growth, a step of that, that maturation process. One distinction I want to make on that, just because when we talk about settling, I think it is important. It's not saying that these men are not good men, you know, mm-hmm. or that they are so seriously flawed. It's a recognition of that as we grow and as we mature on our journey, that the kind of man that we want to be with or the kind of man that we know in our heart God has for us um, is just very different. Mm-hmm. And it's not that I, I kind of compare it to there's a lock and a key, certain locks and keys go together. And if they don't, it's not because something's wrong with this lock, not because something's on that key, but, but they don't fit. And as right. we grow and mature, we don't fit with certain people anymore. That's you right. Know? And so, yeah. So I just, I like to make that distinction because it's not to, um, not to criticize or tear down, no. you know, in, in any way or say that they're less than, but it's a recognition of when you're at a different place in life, you need a different kind of person. That's exactly right. It's just acknowledging and having reverence for where someone is at on the journey and that everyone has the capacity to grow and no one is beyond God's mercy and God's, God's power. And it's an, it's an invitation for growth. You know, each one of those, those, those dates that were perhaps less than inspiring or whatever, that was an opportunity for me to grow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It was exactly what there's a seed planting. That's exactly right. I for, for both, for both the man and the woman. I've I've right. walked into my little tiny apartment. I could, and I put my head down, just crying. This is so exhausting. Mm-hmm. But also with hope. Yes. Like I don't think that it's not without suffering. Like it was not fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, to to just want to be home. Right. Mm-hmm. And I'm home now, and so is Angela. And, and you that's, that's, right. And that's and that's when I you know when I met when I met Billy. That's exactly, I mean, and I felt it literally within even our first phone conversation. It was a homecoming. Mm, that's literally. beautiful. A party. I felt, yeah, I've, I've come home, and and that is so worth waiting for. It is so worth waiting for. That's why I tell Ryan every time I'm like, I'm home. 
I exactly. just love mm. being home in the comfort of my own home. You know, there's a song we can have with this, but you know that song from Alison Krauss, Looking Through the Eyes of Love? Mm. Yeah. yeah, it's anyway, it's a great song, but it says, and you know, and there's a line there that talks about when you look at the eyes of love, it's like looking through home. Uh, it's such, and her voice is so, it's like angelic. So anyways, I, I remember listening to that song since Steubenville, mm-hmm. blasting it with tears in my eyes. Mm-hmm. because I was waiting for home and I remember driving to I like this guy it was always unrequited love a lot of drama I didn't have any mental discipline I drove to Indiana for 12 hours 13 hours crying my eyes out with a you know those recorder tiny recorders like yeah. little tapes just processing my pain mm-hmm. Allison Krause I went there to babysit my friend my my, my kids friend my, my my friend's daughter so they could go on a date night to come home the next day. So I was literally there for eight hours, drove. I just needed to get away from it. And sometimes that is what suffering means. I was crying. I was doing my tape recorder. But, you know, it was like, Lord, I just want to be home. I pray for home and it hurts, but I trust in you. Exactly. So. Exactly. So again, we are so grateful to be on this journey together and learning from each other, growing together. And just, again, the encouragement that both of you are to me. So I just praise God for the gift of your friendship, the gift of your witness, and uh, just being a light to me. So thank you so much. And to be continued. Yes, actually, I forgot to do a quick plug. We just released a singles boot camp in the woman's school. Yes. And so I just filmed, you know, I think there's 10 classes now. Maria, you're an interview there. Andrew, we have an interview coming, but uh, we lay out a lot of the human information. Although in the singles bootcamp, I tell women, this should be an invitation for deeper formation because I really believe that, you know, our, our, our contextual formation, what I mean by that motherhood, dating, mm-hmm. you know, being a wife has to be first founded in our human formation. And the master course is the human formation. So we do have a class available for single women. And I pray that that begins the journey of integrated formation in the woman's school. So thank you, ladies. Till the next juicy podcast. All right. Thank you for joining us today. We would love to hear from you. Please write us at info at com. We would love to hear your comments and questions. And to learn more about our work at The Woman's School, please visit our website, thewomanschool.org. Finally, we encourage you to take the wholeness quiz, which you will find on our website, thewomanschool.org. Because as St. Edith Shine taught us, As a woman becomes whole, she becomes a pillar on which others can lean to be made whole. Thank you, ladies. Until next time, let us rise and together rebuild our church.